Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Good to be back again this Wednesday Bible study. We thank God we started our service online. And uh, thank you for your prayers and support and help. So grateful. Shall we pray and bless the Lord? Shepalika no koboro kuste. Jibebinde repukus branda kabarakasha. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're a faithful God. You'll do what you said. We're so grateful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Sheba la branda la braca sakalamanda. Oh, mandele bokutolo bakarabala la bashika. Our Father, we worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we worship you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Hallelujah, Lord. Precious Abba, Mando Kopokopore Seperiente Rebocoriente. Worship you, Repandeli Procusto Colpota Ricete Gelbo Rosuda Barmara Bariende. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hamashanda Ramba Jinde Brindo Coco Bota Libra Distefecto Grupus Hinde Reparabacaya. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Rapasto Cruso Te Crepesente Reboriente. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, Abba. We worship you. Precious de prete kepele de periente. Hallelujah. Mana kuto kupere de beridiste. Thank you, Lord. Mesatundo presidite barakepo kusoko metabaranja da braste. Oh, hallelujah. Maja da branda la casa namanda. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Braja la branda la brafaliende rebocoriante. Who is like unto thee? Oh Lord, who is like unto thee? Oh Lord, among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders, hallelujah. For the Lord God, the omnipotent, reigneth, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah for the Lord God. The omnipotent reigneth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Blessed be your holy name. 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 We yield to you, Lord. We trust you now. Hallelujah. 
Oh, thank you for meeting your people's needs. By faith we call every yoke destroyed, every burden removed. Hallelujah. The ability to look up, to consider you, Lord. In the midst of all that's happening out there, we trust you, we worship you. Blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name. Our Father, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Abba Father. Worship you, worship you, worship you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, interestingly, this October, uh, GC just uh, turned 25, and uh, praise God. It's nice to see how God's mercy and faithfulness have kept us through these 25 years. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're so grateful for God's mercy and for all of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We'll um, turn in our Bibles today to consider some thoughts again, realizing that um, we have a future ahead of us. I'll go back to 1 Corinthians 15 and uh, observe there the 19th verse. And we read, he said, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If in this life only. So there's more than this life only. Hallelujah. And our hope in Christ affects this life and also that which is ahead. And so, <clears throat> notice if a person is only concerned about this life and Christ for hope in this life, happy expectations, confidence, um, receiving, etc., our faith in God concerning only this life in which we live right now, he says we are of all men most miserable. Hallelujah. So, suppose we look at the converse side of that, and imagine that you have uh, hope, not just in this life, but in that which is to come. Hallelujah. Then you should be, instead, most joyful, wouldn't you say? Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Thank God that we can be most joyful. And, um, you know, the devil doesn't have any corner on joy and happiness, trying to tell us that we are boring and we don't have any real stuff. And so he just has to make up some creepy thing and everybody laughs and, you know, they're so excited. You know, but we're the ones who have a hope beyond this life also. And so we should be most excited, most joyful. Hallelujah. Easy to go with the flow of the joy because we have an expectation that transcends this life and goes into that realm that is ahead of us also, that timeless place of ages and ages to come. Praise God. So thank God for putting our hope in the right places. You know, there is hope in Christ in this life, but also notice that the majority of our hope or the main placing of our hope should be in what is coming after this life. Hallelujah. And praise God. Amen. So... Notice that you have a future, you have an expectation, you have a hope, 
You have a blessed hope, the soon coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. So keep those thoughts and let's go further. Glory to God. You may remember um, Matthew 25 where it talks about the five foolish virgins and five wise virgins and so on where it likens the kingdom of heaven you know, to meet the bridegroom and all of that stuff. But notice that um, we were saying, based on the context of these things, that these verses do not concern the church uh, directly because they are not for this age or the church age. These are more pertaining to the Jewish people and the Jewish age. So... um, you know, whatever we want to glean out of these kind of verses, we can just look at. Notice that it's talking about a wedding. And in verse 2 it says, Five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. The wise took oil in their vessels. And then verse 5 says, While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Hallelujah. So apparently there are some uh, thoughts about traditional Jewish weddings there. And uh, there was something called the betrothal, where, you know, you were promised to be, in quote, engaged. And between that time, And the marriage itself could be a nice span of time, at least about a year. And so, um, you know, there was a time that you just had to wait. And you would not really know when the bridegroom would come after that. You know, it could come at any time. So there was all of this preparation. And uh, the bride was basically getting ready for that marriage. Praise God. So, you know, some... Pictures of all of that are seen there. Verse 5. And at midnight there was a cry. That was now verse 6. Midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so lest there be not enough for us and you. Go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out, or went to buy, the bridegroom came, and uh, they that were ready went in with him uh, to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Well, praise God. So, you know, people try to struggle with these kind of verses and force them to comply with this church age, which is the age of grace, but you may not see much there. So for us, what we can take away from this is that, you know, each one has a choice um, to... In that time, known as the tribulation period, people have choices in spite of the church having disappeared. People are delaying their choice for Jesus. They're saying, ah, it doesn't matter. Who knows if he's coming or whatever. 
whatever excuses they are making. And finally, instead of going and receiving salvation for themselves, they are delaying and delaying. And then the Lord comes to set up the tribulation end period and move into the millennium with all of us, you know, with him. And so it's just too late by then. So whatever you can gain from this today is that, praise God, you're saved. Hallelujah. And now is the best time to get saved. And if you're not saved, please get saved right now. Don't waste time. Hallelujah. Amen. But based on uh, the marriage, supper, and all that, let's go off to the book of Revelation. And let's look at chapter 19. And uh, notice that is where we hear more about this. Then it goes in verse 1, Then after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, glory, and honor, and power unto the Lord our God. True and righteous are his judgments. Verse 2 continues, For he has judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And you know what that means, the false religion, the beast and antichrist, all of that. So some things have happened and, you know, judgment has taken place and avenging of the blood of his own servants, the Lord's servants. Verse 3, and again they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. Notice, and the four and twenty elders, the four beasts. Now, these beasts are the ones in heaven, fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, hallelujah. So, this is the throne room scene. Verse 5, and a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Hallelujah. So, they praise to him. Verse 6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of the great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God, omnipotent, reigneth. So that's, I believe that you and I can identify with the sound of many waters, thunderings, you know, being our Father there. Hallelujah. Can you imagine shouting above the thunder and the sound of many waters and say a great fall of water you know just thundering so he will eventually reign and rule his voice is final nobody can shout more than him nobody can make their voice known he he reigns hallelujah verse 7 continues let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. So he has called the marriage of the Lamb, and you know who the Lamb of God is? The Lord Jesus. The wife has made herself ready. Verse 8. Notice here, this is the bride. Notice in verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints, or the saints, the good works that they do, not natural, normal, human good works, but works that are by 
the inspiration of the Spirit, by the love of God, uh, by communing with God, those kind of works which were already ordained for them, they become the dressing, the gown that this bride is wearing. Verse 9, And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Hallelujah. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See, thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Verse 11, And I saw heaven opened. So it's like a door opening in heaven. Uh, A white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Hallelujah. So in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and that's our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth forth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings, Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Praise God. So there we have a small summary of some details. Jesus is being crowned with many crowns and hallelujah. Many crowns. Notice that. There's just many crowns on his head. He has proven to be worthy. He's the one who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. He's the victorious one. Praise God. And he's the correct person to judge in righteousness. And he also treads the winepress of the wrath of Almighty God and so forth. But over there in the sixth verse, it says there, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, the voice of many waters, the voice of many thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice. That is our response. Let us be glad and rejoice. Hallelujah. So these are the things that belong to us. It's a time of gladness and rejoicing. Glory to God. And give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife has made herself ready. Hallelujah. So there's gladness just around any wedding. You notice there's a lot of gladness and excitement, joy. Hallelujah. It's not a sad time. It's a very exciting time. And this is the ultimate of all marriages. Praise the Lord. It's going to be exciting. Hallelujah. Praise God. So... From these Jewish uh, thoughts, some things are still there today, but some things have changed uh, over time. And um, there were supposed to be people known as the friends of the bride and friends of the bridegroom. 
Hallelujah. So there were two parties of people like that. Friends of the bride, friends of the bridegroom. So we would have friends of the bride being people who go in and get saved during the tribulation period. Those who become tribulation saints or who accept Jesus in the tribulation. They would be the friends of the bride. Amen. So the church and uh, generally the body of Christ becomes the bride. And then notice that these are the friends of the bride. And then the friends of the bridegroom are supposed to be all of them that are from the Old Testament, all of the Jewish saints and all of those Old Testament people. So, um, hallelujah. Interesting. Think about it. Notice that they are giving him honor for the marriage of the Lamb is come. His wife has made herself ready. Absolutely awesome because what happened back then was supposed to be um, a carriage coming in the form of, you know, four-cornered, booty kind of thing. And they would come and take the girl to the father's house. Amen. So I believe Jesus is going to come in the glory and uh, with much fanfare and much royal treatment and take us to his father's house, which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Boom, like that. Carry us away. Snatch us out of this place. Praise God. Thank God for that. And so I believe that according to these thoughts, uh, the marriage itself will be in heaven. Glory to God. But based on the fact that the verses here say that this, there's a coming down of the bride who has made herself ready. Notice that. So there's going to be two parts, the wedding in heaven and the wedding supper on the earth, which is going to be after the seven-year period. And then we come down to the earth with the Lord Jesus. And um, there's going to be all of that supper on the earth during the beginning of that period known as the millennium. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, glory to God. And so there are going to be people there that have normal bodies, not glorified, you know. And um, we will eat with glorified bodies. It's going to be fun. You can, all kinds of stuff will be available with fullness of joy. And our joy, I'm telling you, is going to be special because we've seen another part uh, where the earth was closed, you know, from one season to the next season. We escaped from the tribulation and we were sealed and we were delivered. And then we come into this special time when the whole earth is also free from the curse and we are sitting there with the Lamb and we are eating at His table enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be, whoa, too, too much. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 9, he says, uh, And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. He says unto me, These things are true. Of course, he falls at the feet of this person and he says, Don't worship me, worship God. And notice verse 11, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness does he judge and make war. Hallelujah. So there is a, a coming from heaven that's taking place. And he says there that 
He sits on the horse. His eyes are like a flame of fire, many crowns on his head, the name written. He's called the word of God. And verse 14 says, And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Praise God. So now you notice that these armies are also uh, the saints of God. Amen. And they're coming back with him uh, to the earth realm. Observe for a minute as we think. Go off to the book of Jude. Jude and uh, verse 14. He says here, Enoch. Jude is now quoting Enoch. And he said, Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Notice that. To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed or they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him, etc., etc. So there's a coming back with the Lord and ten thousands of saints and, you know, the horses and the clean garments. I believe that that's after the seven-year period that we come back with Jesus and execute some judgments on the earth and some wrath also. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. So even though we are gently dressed in white, we're also dealing with a person who is most high and holy. He is holiness himself, personified. But notice that he also has an execution of wrath with him and a warrior attitude also. Hallelujah. Praise God. So um, this is all after the seven years. So in the seven-year period, while the earth is going through the tribulation, we are in heaven, marriage, uh, etc., being prepared, being made ready, garments being readied there. Notice. So um, from views of study, you may ponder and understand that we only become perfect when we see him face to face. Till then, we are not perfect. We are being perfected. And if we have a desire and an expectation to see him, we are actively involved in walking in how much light we have and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So we are progressively adjusting our lives based on the hope to see him face to face. But notice, perfection only happens when we see him face to face. And I believe that that will be in heaven. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So from heaven, as clean and white, perfected, we come with him. Praise God. And then we have the marriage supper of the Lamb on the earth. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. So these are just thoughts that you can um, ponder on yourself. I believe that it makes a lot of sense to see it like that. Hmm, Glory to God. So let's, let's see a couple of these verses again and then we'll go off. Let us be glad and rejoice, 19.7. Give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, 
his wife has made herself ready. Hallelujah. To her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Praise God. Now go off to the 21st chapter and observe there. Verse 1, And I saw, that's Revelation 21, a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. That must be after the thousand years, you know, where there's a final cleansing. All unrighteousness has been removed. There's a new heaven and a new earth. There's no sea. So the land mass has increased all the righteous can fit in to the earth. There's no space problem at the same time. Verse 2, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, coming down from the Father. So I believe that that also indicates to us that um, the marriage itself was in heaven with the Father, the Father of the Lord Jesus, who is the bridegroom. Amen? Coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So she's coming down from there, adorned, praise God, for her husband. And I heard a great voice, verse 3, out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and shall be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Woo, hallelujah. So it means every kind of suffering, every kind of harsh thing is all over, because all unrighteousness has been dealt with there's only a new heaven and a new earth, no more tears, no space for that. So if you look at it uh, closely, you can see that your life is basically meant to be tearless, you know, just joyful, excited, because you've got good news. In the actual uh, meaning of the word good news. Hallelujah. It's, it's just amazing. And it's getting better and better. And what is ahead is so much that there will be no tears left in your eyes. So notice, for those who have hope only in this life, in Christ Jesus, they are of all men most miserable. The other side is, they are the most excited people because they know about this life and then the life to come and they have trusted Jesus. Thank God for His mercy. Amen? Verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory. Notice the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. So eventually after that, you go to the Lord's own uh, earth, or in quote, house, and uh, you spend your life there with heaven suspended over the earth, and God has made his dwelling place with man, and there's this deep communion between heaven in the form of a cube and the earth, which is still round. It's just that it doesn't have any sea. And the, the, the tabernacle of God is with men. 
And there's all of this going on with no tears. Just absolute delight and excitement forever and ever. Woo-wee! Doesn't it sound like a fairy tale? Yes. Fairy tales are for unbelievers. For believers, that's it. If there is actually such a fairy, in quote, story. Amen? There's such an everlasting story. And uh, we are almost at the end of the bad part of the story. This is the only, in quote, bad part where we are still on the earth at the end of the church age with the beginning of another age. So there is some pain, there's a bit of sorrow, etc., etc. But it's not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Hallelujah. It's not worthy to be compared, is what he says. Glory to God. Let's read verse 5. He that sat down upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. The one who sat on the throne is talking to John and he's saying, Write, these things are true and faithful. That means it's going to happen. Verse 6. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God, he shall be my son. Glory to God. So there are fountains out there also that we can drink of. Amen. And, um, <laughs> woo, glory to God. Can you imagine being thirsty still? After all of this, that means there's still things that you're going to hunger after, thirst after in the realm of God, in the realm of the Spirit, and you will say, I want more. And God will give you more and more and more. Hallelujah. The person we're dealing with is endless. He said, he's the beginning, he's the end. He's all in all. And he will give to those that are thirsty. Amen. So... Um, Every now and then, it pays us to read such things and whet our appetites for that glorious place that we're going to. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So, I hope that answers some questions. I believe that it, it settles some things for me, just thinking about all of that. Glory to God. Let's go off also to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and observe there verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So, there's plenty in there. There's a lot. You can see that. So, things that you have not even seen yet. That means beyond this earth realm also. But God has revealed them unto us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Hmm. But thank God you have the Spirit of God, and by the Word and the study, the Holy Ghost is, is showing us things that we can be expectantly joyful about. Hallelujah. He's giving us some ideas, lighting up our imagination, so that the deep thoughts become bombarded with such ideas 
And then you start to lose all sorrow and misery and you just become full of joy, unspeakable. Hallelujah. The glory of God begins to become so real to each one of us. Hallelujah. Amen. So, you know, people who have maybe watched believers die, they say that they have a very peaceful countenance and they just some have a smile, you know, and they, they have seen something. They've gone into a place where it just beats everything they've seen before and they're happy. For them, it's just promotion from this place and this life to a higher life. Amen. So we, uh, I believe that we are being prepared for this. Verse 11 says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So God gave us his own spirit so that he could unveil things to us. That we could be on this earth at the same time excited, full of joy, without even a hint of sorrow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Excited because we have a hope that is so real that transcends anything that eyes have seen or ears have heard. Hallelujah. We're not putting everything off into the future, but I'm telling you the future is very close. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can't help but you know, actually say, okay, it's all right. We, can't, we are permitted now to actually go into that place and consider that and make it more real. Amen. And we have enough verses such as 1 Corinthians 15, which is the, the great chapter on the resurrection, the instant changing uh, and redemption of our natural bodies, all that written inside there. Deep in that chapter itself, he says, listen, if you're only hoping in Christ during this life, you're of all men most miserable. In other words, there is so much ahead. There is so much ahead that you can just be excited about. Amen? If your hope is fixed properly, if the proportions of your hope are properly uh, managed, we should be free from all misery. We should be the most excited, charged up, happy, expectant people on the planet. Hallelujah. And so, thank God the Spirit of God is on the inside of us. And He must be the one leading us down this path because you all are praying, we are believing that He will give us what we require for this season, for this time on the earth. Amen? Verse 12 says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen? Notice all of these things apply to us, the church age, because we are the recipients. Amazing. What a time to be born. What a time to be on the earth. We just reached out and said amen to all of those things. And the grace of God, which was all of those things that Christ paid for, freely given to us. Amazing, isn't it? And we just said, Amen, we receive. Amen. <laughs> I'm so glad, I'm so glad that we were chosen for such a time as this. Hallelujah. So whatever you are looking at out there, man, the Holy Ghost is going to help you to notice that it's not worthy to be compared. Not worthy to be compared with the glory and the goodness and mercy of God which is going to be unveiled in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are the recipient of that. Hmm. 
freely given things of God, which things also we speak. Part of what we are doing here is verse 13. We are speaking these things. Amen? Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Notice that, uh, you know, to say these kind of things, uh, it doesn't come from just natural kind of thinking. It has to come from God helping us to see it. Amen? So people are fighting about what these things mean, but if you keep reading over and praying over them, you will notice that there's a certain deep thrust that's coming to you and saying, this is correct, this is right. Amen. Which we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So at the same time, there is a praying in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit becoming more real in guiding us into these truths. Amen. Verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. That's why, like Brother Josie was saying the other day, he was talking to some folks and saying, Jesus is coming soon, and they were like, not interested. (laughs) Because even believers have a natural man, and that natural man looks at these things as foolishness. In other words, it's not a good investment. It's like, hey, don't bring up all of that. It's just foolishness. We want to be wise. You know, they're making wise moves out there. But according to God, (laughs) this is the wisdom of God. Amen? So we are now beginning to say, okay, you know what? We're faith people, and everything that is written in the Scripture, particularly in the New Covenant, is for us, and we're accepting it, and we're building faith in it, and so these things are going to be very real to us. It's going to make us stand and be stable in these times. And we're not going to be moved. We're not going to be shaken. We're just going to end up doing more because it's not in vain. We have not been foolish. Praise God. So our natural man is getting trained. His imagination, his thoughts are changing so that he's building more into the reality of these things. Hallelujah. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So as you listen, from inside you will notice, hmm, this sounds correct. Your head is still struggling about it, but you can see according to the Scripture and according to the prayer and the yielding to the Holy Spirit, you can kind of pick up that It's true, I must be thinking more about that place than just this place. This place is fine and I need to have victory here, but all of the victory is for that eternal realm to be celebrated, to be known as an overcomer, to be seated with Him in places that are for overcomers. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. But He that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. So we are invited to be spiritual. And the spiritual person has to learn to differentiate between judging people and judging things that are done. The spiritual person can separate that and say, I cannot judge people because he that judges his brother is actually judging the law and is a sinner. So we are growing. 
You know, this thing called growth is, is not something that happens just in one day. Growth takes time. It takes hours of persistence doing the same kind of things, you know, over and over and making adjustments. And then you realize, hey, I don't think like that anymore. I don't judge people anymore. I judge things. I judge situations. Amen? So the spiritual person, the one who's guided by the Spirit of God and guided by the Word of God, whose body is now yielded to these, he judges the things and not the people. God help us. Amen? Verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Wow. We have the mind of Christ. You could also say we have access to his mind because his mind is his thoughts. Let's go to Isaiah 55. Praise God. Isaiah 55 is a wonderful chapter to read uh, and it's not too long. It's a blessed one to read. It says, Ho, everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. He that has no money, come ye buy, eat. Yea, come buy milk, wine, without money, and so on. Notice, why do you spend money for that which is not bread? Why you labor for that which does not satisfy? He says, hearken unto me. Hear, delight yourself in fatness. Incline your ear. Come unto me, your soul shall live. Verse 4, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. I was talking about David back then, and I believe some things about him and his throne and his lineage. Verse 5, Thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not. These things may be more for Israel. Verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found right now. Let the wicked forsake his ways, unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, he will have mercy upon him. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hallelujah. So notice there that we have access to heavenly thoughts, God's thoughts, so that we can actually judge things and we can make clear dis discerned judgments. We can weigh things out and uh, we can actually have a form of thinking that is actually the Lord's own thinking, His own mind on the matter. Wow! What an amazing place. And uh, you, you notice in that verse He said, Who has been His counselor? Who has given the Lord advice? Who will say, Lord, let me tell you what. You just do it like this. Why should you do it that way? Is there anybody who can do that? <laughs> Hallelujah. No. You, you don't have to counsel him. In fact, you just have to bow down and receive from him. Amen. And he has given us his own thinking, which is all in these words. So thoughts, words, you see the connection there. And he has given his own thoughts to us in this precious book. And he is the word himself. The very thoughts of the Almighty in a person. Praise God. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither. 
but waters the earth and makes it bring forth, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall, notice, accomplish that which I prosper, it shall, notice that, which I please, and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy, ha, 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 and be led forth with peace. Mountains, hills, break forth before you into singing. Trees of the field clap their hands. Instead of the thorn comes the fir tree. Instead of the briar comes up the myrtle. It shall be to the Lord for a name and an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So some of these things you are seeing here are going to have more direct reference to the time when the curse is removed from the earth, where there's no more thorns, where it's going to be brilliant. You know, already, if you go to some gardens in the world, you will just feel like lying down there, rolling down the hill and rolling back up and then rolling down and then, ro- and then you see a nice pond and you just feel like jumping into it and the brilliance of it all, you just want to stay there. Can I just stay here? God has a place for you that's far better than anything you have seen with your natural eyes or perceived with your senses. Praise God. But we who have his mind, who have his thoughts, actually have a foretaste. We enjoy before. So you and I can enjoy the curse-free, millennial kind of enjoyment in our own lives, in our own bodies, before that actually even happens because we have his mind, his words, his thoughts. Once they come out, they will not return void. They will produce. So, haha, from that abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking it out, and it goes and produces for you, praise God, and then you taste it already. And that's why when we get to heaven, we will say, I've been here. I've tasted some of these things already. <laughs> and, and there'll be people there who say, I'm, I envy you, man. I wish I was in your shoes back in that time. So get excited. This is the best time to be on the planet where you and I have so much more unveiled to us that we can actually partake of these things and actually not just, in quote, you know, have this pie-in-the-sky mentality. Of course, we have the pie in the sky, but you can actually have the pie now also. Amen. And enjoy the foretaste of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Praise God. No tears, no sorrow, where you're satisfied, where you are fulfilled. Amen. So, praise God. Let's think about things like this. Go with me again to Colossians, the third chapter. Praise God. The good news is truly good news. There's nothing you can say contrary to that. It is good. It is good. Praise God. Notice in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If this is not a foretaste, then what is a foretaste? If this is not a taste of things to come, you know, you may say, I'm just here, you know, I'm sitting on a Neil Connell chair, there's nothing special about it, blah, blah, blah. But notice, according to the mind of God, the way God sees it, what Jesus paid for in bringing his bride, in bringing his body, in bringing his people to himself, 
Notice, he did such an amazing work called freely given, graciously purchased and turned over to us and says, you are actually supposed to be sitting with me. Notice, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Amen. Now, if you go back to the previous chapter, chapter 2, let's go there. Colossians 2, notice in the 20th verse, 18, 19, 20. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in it, are you, or rather in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will, worship, humility, neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Briefly, we died with him, so we don't have to be controlled by rules and regulations anymore. Amen? So the rules and regulations are not going to help us in achieving what Jesus has paid for already. That's why we don't wear uniforms. We, we dry, try to dress decently and we look different. We don't all look the same. And we're not following a strict code of conduct uh, and trying to do things from the outside. But rather, we are trusting what Jesus has paid for and given us thoughts to be able to enjoy the power working from inside and then towards the outside. Amen? Notice, we were dead. If you were dead, you don't have to worry about being controlled from the outside. Praise God. That, that's for the dead. Praise God. But you are risen. And if you are risen then this is how it works. You set your affection on things that are above. Amen. So for the risen people, those who were buried with Christ, who rose with Him, this is how it works. It works from inside in thoughts. The Spirit is already born again. The Spirit is just as He is, praise God, seated in heaven, seated in heavenly places with Christ and in Christ, according to Ephesians chapter 2. You will notice there in verse 6, we are actually seated there. It's just that the mind now has to come and get a grasp of that. And it has to be so full of the very mind of the Christ who is actually there. Notice he's there. And his body, which is you, has to become aware that we are also there. And our affections and desires are driven that way where he sits so that every power of the enemy and darkness and the dominion of all of that is under us, under our feet. Hallelujah. Amen. He did all of that for us. He defeated the enemy, trampled all the works of the enemy delivered us all, all of that was for us, not for himself, so that we could enjoy that place with him and sit there and have our thoughts there and our freedom to enjoy what he paid for and experience it 
and actually say, I have a foretaste of what is coming, already working in me, where it's as though there is no enemy even. He's way under my feet. All of his works are, they can't even come close to me. Are you getting this? So you get a foretaste, and you are just drinking deeply of the waters that come from the throne, from the voices that come from the Father. You are just fellowshipping with all of those kind of things. Hallelujah. (laughs) If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Amen. So our seeking is for those things which are already given to us in Christ. Hallelujah. That's where our effort is going to be directed. The freely given things of God. In other words, the things of the Word, His thoughts. You're just thinking His thoughts. And the more you think, the more you begin to experience it. Because as your thoughts go, that's how you go. Hallelujah. Verse 2 continues, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So the earth does not have to really affect you. Your mind actually has to be thinking these kind of thoughts. Amen? All of these marriage supper and things that we just read earlier, you know, they're like way out there somewhere, right? People like, oh, come on, that's Bible, that's book of Revelation, that's like in the future. But my brother, my sister, according to the New Testament, according to the church age, according to what has been given to us, these things are for us to enjoy right now. Sitting in heavenly places. Sitting in heavenly places in Christ. Now. Having our thoughts there now. Praise God. Set your affections on things above. Not on things on the earth. For you are dead. For you are dead. Notice. And your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life is hid with Christ in God. (laughs) When Christ, who is our life. Who's your life? Christ. Who's your life? The Word. What is your life? The Word. Who is your life? Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So actually, your life is in heaven. Your life is Christ or the anointing, the anointed one. All of that glorious stuff is your life. That's your life. That's your real life. Then you will appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. So part of the reason why I'm looking up is because my life is there. And when he manifests, I will really manifest. (laughs) That's when you will see who I really am. But meanwhile, if my thoughts are up there, the rest of me will experience what is up there. Amen? So I'm going to have to just keep my thoughts up there. And uh, honestly... You know, uh, during this lockdown period, you all must have enjoyed some part of it that you found out your thoughts were more there than here. And so you were enjoying a certain level of bliss, B-L-I-S-S, you know, a freedom uh, to enjoy peaceful kind of existence. Amen. And days just passed and lo and behold, six months passed. 
And, uh, you know, we're still like, really? The year is almost over. So we have to strive to keep our thoughts up there so that you can be in that bubble, you can be in that foretaste of heaven that you were created for. Verse 5 says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Now that's talking actually about people who are unbelievers, but it's possible for believers to live like that. And so they will experience some level of discipline and correction from God and His Word. Ha, ha, ha. In which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now, put off all of these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is... Notice that... All of this putting on and putting off is as though you are putting on clothes. And it does not require much effort to put on and put off clothes. Did you notice that? So if we follow this actually, these things will just fall away like old clothing. And new clothing will appear. But it's by putting on the new clothing that the old clothing falls away. Isn't that interesting? Because the new clothing is a new way of thinking and it affects the body and so the old clothing which was on the body falls away. So the more we keep our thoughts in heaven where they ought to be with the mind of Christ, the faster you see the clothing change. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice that this is how he does it. This is how he thinks. And so when we begin to struggle, in quote, to think his thoughts, that's when we enjoy what he paid for. Hallelujah. Some of us are enjoying various levels of it, but there's more. Hallelujah. So be affected by things that are above. Hmm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go off to 1 Thessalonians, the third chapter and the 12th verse. Notice it says there, And the Lord make you increase and abound in love, one toward another, toward all men, even as we do toward you. So notice there's an, always a cry for increase and abounding in love one toward another. For to the end, so that means this is the result, this is why you're doing it. Verse 13. To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Now, if you read this at one go, verse 13, you know, um, you may think that's just the rapture there. But if you consider what we read from Jude, it looks like this is... Um, in the last part of the coming where we come with him to enforce some things on the earth. And maybe that's what it would apply to more. Amen. So our hearts must be unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ 
with all his saints. Praise God. So even if you look at it backwards and say that's the rapture, it's not bad. It's still okay. If you look at it this side and say after the tribulation, it's still okay. But notice what has not changed is that we should keep our hearts stable, unblameable in holiness before God. Amen? So there has to be stability and blamelessness. For which, verse 12 is the answer, make you in, increase and abound in love, one toward another, toward all men. So we have to start looking at people as the way God looks at them. Unbelievers, he died for them. So I can't cheat that guy. I can't treat that guy badly because Jesus has already died for him. Then when it comes to believers, whoa, I must be ready to prefer them above myself. Wow. So these are the main core things that affect our being blameless before God. Amen? So as we increase these kind of thoughts and spend time um, seeing ourselves the way he sees us, which is in Christ, as though we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, as though we are he himself, guess what? Everything is going to now change and we are going to live like that. People are going to say, something has happened to these people. Now, it's not going to happen just like that, but there are messages, there are thoughts that can actually affect you and produce more change than ever before. But it's not something that you just one day after prayer, you just decided from today, I will never be the same. No, you will still have to change and adjust. You may still make some mistakes. As long as you're this side of heaven, there may be failures and faults. But guess what? You can always say, forgive me, and God will forgive and forget. And you go forward again. Hallelujah. Let's go to Colossians, the third chapter. Another third chapter there. I'm sorry, Philippians, the third chapter. And observe verse 20. For our conversation or life or lifestyle is in heaven. Our lifestyle is in heaven. <laughs> or our citizenship is in heaven. Oh, glory to God. So you see, whatever we have grown up with down here over the years was not really our true citizenship. It was... Um, a kingdom, let's not even call it a kingdom, a, a domain of darkness ruled by Satan, man's wisdom, which is fallen. And that tried to train us and get a hold of our thinking and would say things like, all that is foolishness, our Bible is foolishness, and would not be able to receive the things of the Spirit because they were like foolishness. But today, our true life, which is in heaven which we have on the inside by the Holy Ghost and by the born-again experience uh, can actually start to manifest down here as we think upon these things. Our life is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe this is a nice rapture, clear rapture kind of verse. So that's why I'm looking because the perfection is going to be seen one of these days. But meantime, without any guilt or um, inferiority, I could say my real life is in heaven, so 
Even if I'm speaking the word of God right now, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not being a hypocrite. That's my life. Sometimes, you know, if you say I'm the head and not the tail, I have the mind of Christ, some lying thoughts would come up to condemn you, maybe from uh, a conscience that's not been trained, maybe from voices out there that you're a hypocrite, you're lying, you are not to be saying such things. But guess what? Your real life is in heaven. Your real citizenship is in heaven. So don't be under any condemnation or any guilt. Say it boldly. Say it to yourself. That's the truth about you. That's the way God sees you. Hallelujah. And what he says is final. Praise God. So my conversation, all my life is in heaven. From where also I look to, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Praise God. So notice, there is going to be a subduing of everything unto himself. In other words, the dominion of Jesus, right? There is a working in my body and your body right now where the body is being subdued and brought under the lordship of Jesus. Amen? That day there will be a final bringing under the lordship of Jesus, where our bodies will be suddenly uh, glorified, and we'll have this special body, this resurrection body. Hallelujah. But till then, notice that my true thoughts must be in heaven. My deepest imaginations must be centered around there without any condemnation because my real life is there. My real citizenship is there. That's where I came from. That's why he knew me before he formed me in my mother's womb because I was there. I was in his thoughts. I am from that kind of material just like he is the word of God. Hallelujah. That was in the beginning, in dateless, timeless past. We are of that kind of material, heavenly timelessness material, spirit material. Hallelujah. So our thoughts have to come in line and be centered on these things. And one of these days, our bodies will be finally changed like to his glorious body. Amen. So meantime, there's a working in us by which our bodies are being dominated by the life of God also. Praise God. Don't forget that. You know, um, I guess so. Let's look at that. We, we were saying some things uh, over on Sunday, but we can just have a quick flash there in the book of Proverbs. Just a quick dash. I think it will help. Proverbs the third, and notice there, Verse 3, he says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Notice there. So you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not unto your own understanding. Be not wise in your own ways. Depart from Evil, notice, it shall be health to your navel, marrow to your bones. 
Amen. In other words, you could be fit and not healthy. Praise God. Or you could be unfit but healthy. Because health comes from the Lord, from His Word. Amen. So you may see guys who just don't look fit at all, but they're healthy. Their heart is fine. Their kidneys are fine. Their whole systems are fine. Have you met those kind of people? Yeah, they are there because, you know, they're believing God, they're trusting God, and they haven't got the whole fitness thing cut out yet, but they're working on it. <laughs> Have you met those kind of guys? Yeah. So true strength and life and health comes from the Word of God, from trusting Him from His Spirit, from His life, lived on the inside. Amen? So, um, let's, let's keep that at the center. The fear of the Lord, the wisdom of God, the Word of God, deep communion with the Word gives life. Length of days gives riches, gives honor. Bottom line. Every other thing is because you want to be a more proper witness. Hallelujah. Your real life is in heaven, but you are on the earth. So you, you want to look as heavenly as possible. All right. That's just a throw in there for good measure. Ha, ha, ha. Now, let's go back to where we were. Colossians the third. Because it has become too much to ignore how the world thinks. Fitness, fitness, fitness. Meanwhile, they don't have the life of God. They don't have the power of the Holy Ghost. They don't have that working inside them which subdues everything. We have within us a power that subdues the outer man and brings it to subjection. Don't forget that. Our life is in heaven. Amen. And it has the power by those kind of thoughts and by that kind of meditation and spiritual exercise to submit the body which can be controlled from inside rather than from outside. Are you getting this? Our controls work from inside through thoughts centered around the throne of God, the fear of God, and they affect the outside. Praise God. So it's not necessarily about don't eat, don't touch. Are you getting this? Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't forget that. But you could do yourself some good because you're still developing and you're still training yourself and your body's aging and your faculties are you know, following natural uh, failings because of the earth realm. So until you quicken them up, you could save yourself some trouble. So why not just spend more time in heavenly thinking? Glory to God. And then, you know, supplement it with all other uh, attitudes. Because we must ideally talk like this. This is the ideal. We must keep the word up there. The word is the highest. It's the standard. It's Jesus himself. Amen? So back in Colossians the third, I'm, I mean Philippians the third, excuse me, back there, notice, Let's read verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven, or our life is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. 
That's going to be one awesome change that's going to happen to this vile body. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. According to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. See, that is who he is. He's, he's got a power and an ability to work something that will bring everything to submission to him. He is the word. He is the spirit. So in my life too, in your life too, I have someone working from heaven on the inside of me by the word of God who can also bring everything to submission to himself, to his word, to his way. Amen. Yeah. It's going to involve keeping our thoughts there, keeping our mind there, where Christ sits far above every principality, power, might, dominion. Everything is under his feet. He has dominated. He has ruled over them. And we can share in that ruling. And it does not have to dominate us. Praise God. We're talking about enjoying a foretaste of heaven, a foretaste of the millennium in our present lives. Amen. Now, go with me please to Romans. Observe there the sixth chapter. Or let's go to the Romans 8 first of all. Romans chapter 8. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, you may have heard this argument that uh, verse 1 is not supposed to be there. Uh, the B part is, is not correct. Some Bibles will not even put the B part. So, if you read some Bibles, it will just say, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That will be verse 1. That B part who says, uh, Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, won't be there. But rather, it will be brought to verse 4. So it will be put in verse 4 along with what we have in verse 4. So it would be there, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Are you getting that? Hallelujah. What is all of that in summary? Well, there is no condemnation in Christ. You are going to heaven, basically. You don't have to be scared of the judgment that the unbeliever is going through. Praise God. Hallelujah. But there is a fulfilling of the law which takes place if you are walking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. The flesh will actually fulfill the law apart from certain things there which are purely, you know, um, Jewish in nature. But you will have a standard of righteousness that there can be no law against you. You are standing there blameless, unblameable. Hallelujah. But notice verse 2 comes in. He says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin including sickness, disease, curse, and death. Amen. There's a new law working in us. It's a higher law. It's working in us. 
And our thoughts have to be constantly aware of that because God has created us in such a way that what our thoughts are thinking upon is what our body will experience. Hallelujah. Can you see that? So as we are thinking upon these things, saying them, pondering about them, guess what happens? The freedom that Christ paid for will actually become ours. We will enjoy being free from the lower laws of sin and their consequence. Are you getting that? Hallelujah. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, verse 3 says, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. The law is good. There's nothing wrong with the law. The Bible says the law is good. The, The law is holy. Nothing wrong with the law. But we had this flesh problem which came to us when Adam yielded to the devil and sold us out. So we are carnal sold unto sin. So there's a part of us today where our natural body and flesh is, you know, which houses another law, the law of sin and death. Praise God. And it is working 24-7. But you can allow the higher law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to dominate that and show actually on the outside in your natural body the victory of the higher law of life in Christ Jesus. That's what makes it real. You see, when you live that out here on the earth, people can see that what Jesus paid for actually works on the earth. Hallelujah. Now, let's go back for a minute to chapter 6. I know we're running out of time, but it's good. Notice chapter 6, verse 17. We're almost there. Observe. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. You were one time. Praise God. See, we, we are not servants of sin anymore. God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Amen. With the heart we have believed. With the mouth we have said. And the doctrine which was brought to us, the teaching which was given to us, is what made us free. That's why we have to have these teachings going on. It has to be brought to us and it delivers us in every area of our life. Amen? Verse 18. Being then made free from sin, being then made free from sin, notice, you became servants of righteousness. That is who we are right now. We are free from sin, actually, technically free from sin, and we are servants of righteousness. Hallelujah. Righteousness is our Lord. The King of righteousness is our Lord. Our nature on the inside is righteousness. That is what dominates us. That is what produces the benefits. Hallelujah. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are actually that in our spirit, but as our thoughts are centered in heaven and upon the heavenlies, this becomes more real to us and that word comes out of us 
and the working of the Spirit dominates us and puts our body under subjection. Amen. So everything has to come in line. It must come in line. It will come in line. Our business is to do it with our thinking first. One more verse as we wind down. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians, let's observe there, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, sorry. (laughs) Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. We are noticed as followers of God, as dear children, walking in love. Another thing you may notice is we walk by faith. Another thing you may notice is we walk in the truth. Third John tells us there, in the third verse, he says, For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. So notice that it all boils down to certain walks. And walks involve steps. So it's not about all that I did yesterday, that's over. It's not about what I'm going to do tomorrow, that's over. It's going to boil down to today and actually to just steps. So I'll be thinking about each step. Ponder the, the steps. Ponder the path of your feet. My eyes are in the Word. My ears are receiving the Word. It's coming into my heart. And guess what? It's going to dominate my steps. It is my life. Praise God. So we saw in uh, Proverbs 4:20 onwards during our fasting and prayer time, that as we look on the inside, pondering the Word of God, receiving the Word of God, keeping it as our vision, seeing these things, it now begins to dominate the man on the outside in daily step-by-step walk. Hallelujah. And the issues of life will be flowing out. Praise God. Whatever is required for your life, whatever is required to dominate on the earth, By the power and the word, the name of Jesus, it's ours. It will come out of us and it will produce and we will have the benefit of it. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. I believe you got something today. Thank you, Lord. 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 We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. You are teaching us, Lord. You're giving us thoughts that are from the throne, from our true citizenship, where we actually came from. We are from above. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Above. That's why we are a whole separate generation, a complete different nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You made us actually become a whole different nation, a holy nation, a special people, to show forth your praises, to show forth your excellencies, your highest possibilities on the earth, your virtues, your character, your life, your power. Thank you, Lord. We are kings. We are priests. Above only, Peculiar, special, zealous of good works. 
fearlessly living for you, Abba Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to think, to ponder these things, to live thinking like this on a daily basis and be in expectation for that glorious day, ha, 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 where you come to take us home, which is not so far away. <laughs> and that wonderful marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh, hallelujah. And the great millennial period and the new heaven and earth that's coming. We love you, Lord. We're grateful. Your word rules. The Lord God, the omnipotent reigns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the higher law. The higher law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It has set us free from the law of sin, sickness, disease, poverty, every curse and death. We are dominated by heaven's laws, higher laws, by the life of God on the inside of us, by the Spirit of God who is the greater one. Thank you for such thoughts. Thank you for such meditations that every curse will be reversed in our lives. The effect of every broken thing will be turned around in the name of Jesus. We will have our testimonies. We bless you, Abba Father. We worship you today. We thank you right now for the life of God that is working in us, the power of God working in us that is subduing everything to Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for subduing everything, everything to you. Hallelujah. To the Lordship of Jesus. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Those joints, that marrow, that heart, that liver, be subdued in the name of Jesus. Kidneys, come in line in Jesus' name. Every lying thing, now we command you, bow Jesus' name. Come in line in Jesus' name. You obey in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For days, days of heaven on earth, that our bodies will experience your dominion. Our physical life will experience your dominion. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you for the great good news you have purchased for us. Ha, ha, ha. That we cannot have a hint of sorrow in our lives. That we can be full of joy. <laughs> joy unspeakable, full of glory. Because we, by faith, have seen you with the eyes of faith. We believe. We receive. Thank you, Abba Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. If you like to give, this is a great chance to give. We'd like you to... Just release faith and we'll join with you right now. If you're a tither, you're a giver. Father, in Jesus' name, here mortal men receive. There he that lives forever receives. Thank you that the curse is over. The devourer is rebuked. Angels are working. The earth is yielding. This is our Father's earth. The earth produces for us. The fullness thereof. We thank you. We praise you. For angels working with us. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.
Amen. Hallelujah. You are blessed. Amen. Praise God.